I mean, for the past few days, we have been speaking on the generational blessing, how we can connect to generational blessing. And I want to try and round up the series on generational blessing as the spirit of God would give us grace. So let us um, share the link. Like I said, one more time, if you can, invite a friend and uh, invite a brother, invite a sister and let them connect with us today and they are going to be tremendously blessed. So we, we've talked about how generational blessing is pronounced and what propels generational blessing. In the morning, we talked about obedience, that when you are obedient to God and to his servants, you attract generational blessing. The Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the fruit of the land. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the fruit of the land. That is Isaiah chapter 1, verses 19. Scripture says that those that are willing and obedient, those people shall eat the fruit of the land. And... Um, um, we talked about how Abraham obeyed God and regardless of how difficult the instruction that God required him to do was, he was willing to obey. And the Bible says, when God looked from heaven and sent an angel and said, because you have done this, because you, Abraham, you have done this, because is you were willing to do this, because you were willing to obey this instruction. He says, in blessing, I will bless you. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven. And he says, and your, your seed shall possess the, this, he says, I will make your seed multiply as the stars of, and I will give thy seed, I mean, these countries, and thy seed shall be, and thy seed shall be the shall be all uh, over the nations of the earth. They say, because of that, because you have obeyed my voice, because you have obeyed my voice and kept my charge and kept my commandments, and that was what God said to Abraham. The emphasis is Abraham obeyed God's voice. He did that which God required him to do, and that resulted in him getting blessed. And uh, another thing that I said was sometimes it is difficult to obey, but it is a blessing to obey. Did you hear what I said? It is difficult to obey, but it is a blessing to obey. It is difficult to obey, but it's a blessing to obey. Now I want us to go to Genesis chapter chapter 26, I'm reading from 1 to 5. And uh, another thing that brings generational blessing or causes God to release generational blessing, I said, is sacrifice. When you sacrifice unto the Lord, it propels generational blessing upon your life. And then hear me and hear me well. Ladies and gentlemen, when Abraham made a sacrifice, he propelled God to speak a blessing over him and his children and children. 
All right. So sacrifices cause us heaven to release generational blessing upon us. Now, another thing, the third thing that I'm going to speak to you about is when you dwell in the land that God has placed you. I told you a few weeks ago when I was teaching on purpose is that purpose is location sensitive and purpose is time sensitive. I said purpose is number one, location sensitive, is time sensitive, and is people sensitive. Now, I want you to listen to me. When God brings you to a place where he has placed you, when God expects you to be here and you dwell in the land that he has called you to dwell in, he releases blessings upon you. But when God places you here and you feel like you don't need to be where God God has placed you, but you want to go somewhere else, even you lose blessing. God cannot pronounce a blessing over you that will transcend beyond your generation, transcend beyond you to your generation, generation. Why? Because you are not placed properly. You are not positioned well in him. You need to learn to dwell where God has placed you. When God places you at a place, you need to learn how to be focused and dwell there because that attracts generational blessings upon you. And we are going to see it in scripture in the next few minutes. You need to understand Sometimes you may be at a place and God may tell you, okay, your time and your season in this place is over, move to a different place. That is fine. But as long as God has not asked you to, you are expected to stay and to be committed regardless. And when you are committed and you stay and, 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 and faithful to the place where God has placed you, it activates a blessing over your life. And I want us to get into scripture, Genesis chapter 26, verses 1 to 5, as I will be um, speaking over the, the, the life. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter how hard that place is, how difficult it is there. As long as you are in the will of God, he will pronounce a blessing over your life. As long as you are in his will, you are in his assignment, you are committed to it, he's going to pronounce a blessing over your life. So I need you to understand that and Jehovah God will bless you. Hallelujah. Let's get into scripture. Let's get into the word of God and let's get into scripture. And I know for sure we will be blessed. Genesis chapter 26, reading from verse 1 all the way through to 5. Genesis 26. Can I get a reader? Genesis 26, reading verses from verses 1. Yes. And there was a famine in the land. And there was a famine in the land. Other than the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. Besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, that means that this is not the first time famine appeared in the land. In the days of Abraham, there was famine. I hear people are complaining. Life has become hard. Things have become difficult. It didn't begin now. It began even in the days of Abraham. Life got tough sometimes. And Isaac went to Gerah. And to Isaac Abimelech, went to Gerah. Abimelech, king of the Philistines. Mm -hmm. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I tell you. Verses 3. Dwell temporarily in this land, and I'll be with you and will favor you with blessings. What For version TV, of the Bible are you reading? Amplified Classic. Okay. If you can give us Amplified Original, 
it will be okay. okay. But yeah, let me let me take it from here and then you can continue for me. He says, verse 2, he says, And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said to him, Do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land which I will tell you. Did you hear that? God came to Abraham and, tell, and told Abraham, Abraham, don't go down to Egypt. I have placed you in a land. Stay there. Why will God emphasize? And the Bible says there is famine in the land. People, let's watch. Let's follow me and let's get this. There was famine in the land. Things had become difficult. Life had become tough. And God comes and tells me, don't go down to Egypt. God, do you really love me? Don't you see there are better things happening out there? Why don't you want me to go there and also get a blessing? Why do you want me to dwell in this land where there is famine? Ladies and gentlemen, it is not every good land that looks good for you, that looks good, that is good for you. It is not every good land that looks good, that is good for you. Are you hearing me? God comes to you and brings you to a place and he tells you that you need to dwell in the land which he will show you. When God places you at a position and you have a revelation and understanding to stay in the place where he has placed you, you are trust blessings. He said, dwell in the land. There is famine, but God still say, dwell in. Oh my God, hallelujah, glory be to God. I wish somebody will catch a revelation right here, right now. There may be, things may be difficult, but God still say, stay, my daughter, stay. I want to get my bags and pack and leave, run out of this place and go to America because things are tough. God still stay, stay. Uh, maybe you are in a certain state. You feel like, no, I need to change position. Maybe you feel like you just moved to a new state. God told you to move and you feel like you expected things to move faster than it is it's supposed to. And or is this moving right now? And you don't know what to do. God sent me to tell somebody, stay in the land, my God. You need to come to the place where you understand the essence of staying and committing to that which God has positioned you, the place where God has placed you because your destiny is location sensitive just as it is time sensitive. You need to learn how to stay in the land where God has placed you. Somebody says stay. He says, stay in the land. And uh, he says, I will. And verse 3 says, lift them, lift temporarily as a resident in the land, and I will be with you and bless you and favor you, for I will give all these lands to you and your descendants. Now, God is now started to pronounce a blessing beyond him. And the emphasis, the condition for him to receive a blessing for him and his descendants was to stay at the place in the location under the covering that God has given him. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. There are, there are certain positions and places when you switch and you move, God may not bless you like he's supposed to. Are you getting me? There is a, you see, let me tell you, never forget this. And I will repeat it because repetition brings what? I mean, who, who knows? We have been saying this over and over again. Repetition brings what? Retention. Retention. The more you repeat something, the more you retain it. So 
Your destiny is time sensitive. Your destiny is location sensitive. There is a certain particular location, a certain particular connection that God gives you when you switch, you lose. All right? You lose, you lose favor. You lose the, I mean, the, the blessing that is meant for you. You need to understand that it is God has strategically positioned you at a place in such a time like this for you to be blessed. So you need the revelation to know that I'm here because God wants me to be here and I don't just need to shift come. God says, dwell in the land which I will show you. And then I, he, says, he says, and I will bless you. Not just bless you, bless you and your descendants. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. May the blessing that is coming to you in this season be, come, be, be upon you, not just upon you, but upon your children, children. Ladies and gentlemen, God can bless you, but it doesn't matter how blessed you are. If the blessing does not transcend to your children, children, it God does not see you as a good person. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for who? For his children's children. I didn't write the Bible. That's what the Bible says. If you, if you, the, the, the qualities of a good man are stipulated in the word of God is that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. God must bless you to an extent where you leave an inheritance for your children and for your children's children. And I pray that God brings you to that realm, to that position, to that place where he will bless you financially. He will bless you with wisdom. He will bless you with access. He will bless you in a way that your, ble your, your blessing will transcend beyond you to your children's children. If you are there, shout, I receive it. May the blessing upon our lives not just stay with us, but move to our children's children. In the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that you will not leave debts for your children. I pray you will not leave um, 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 bills for them to come and clear in the name of Jesus. I pray that God will bring you to that place where you, he will bless you so much that you leave a blessing for your children. Children, if you are there, shout, I receive it. God says, live in the land and I will be with you and I will favor you and I will I will bless you and I will give this land to you and your descendants and I will establish and carry out the oath, the covenant, which I swore to Abraham, your father. Hear the blessing. He says, I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven and I will give your descendants all these lands by your descendants shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now hear this. All these pronouncements were coming upon Abraham from where? From the preamble. And what was the preamble? The preamble was the fact that Abraham was to dwell in the land. Dwell in the position where God has placed. There are times God will come and tell you to move. There are times God will come and tell you to dwell. And you need the wisdom and the revelation to understand when to move and when to dwell. Because when you go ahead of God in God's prophetic timing for your life you miss a lot are you hearing me you need to understand God's prophetic timing for your life say I will dwell in this land shout it shout it say I will dwell in the land I I am a dweller in the name of Jesus I dwell in the land I dwell in the land I dwell in the land in the name of Jesus Christ the son of God hallelujah glory be to God it says dwell in the land 
dwell in the land, dwell in the land. Verse 5 is what I like. Say, because Abraham listened to and obeyed my voice and my my and kept my charge, my commandments, and my status. Says, I will make your descendants. Why? Because Abraham obeyed my voice. Abraham did that which I asked him to do. Are you hearing me? That's what I was telling you. One of the things that activate generational blessing is obedience. Obedience moves God to move for you. Obedience activates miracles. Most of the miracles that happened in scripture were in response to obedience. It's one of the most difficult things to do. Obeying the voice of God, obeying the prophetic instruction is so difficult. It's hard. Let me tell you, it is difficult to submit under authority. It is difficult to obey prophetic instructions. It is difficult to obey God. But guess what? It's a blessing to do all these three. It's difficult to submit under authority. It is difficult to obey the voice of God. It is difficult to obey prophetic instruction. But guess what? It's a blessing to do all these three. And you need to come to a place like Abraham, where you are willing. God says, Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, and kept my commandments. There are three differences. The responsibility I gave him, the charge I committed him to, he kept it. He obeyed my commandments and my statutes and my laws and the things I asked him to do, he did. When you dwell in the land where God has placed you, you enjoy the blessings of God. You position yourself to be a candidate for a generational blessing. Blessing that will transcend beyond you to your children's children. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the place we are going to. And that's the place I'm yearning that God brings you and I. That we will not just be blessed here now and now. That our God will bless us to an extent that the blessing will transcend beyond us. That our children will benefit. Our grandchildren will benefit in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, when you come to chapter, same chapter, chapter, um, chapter two, um, 26, verse 12. Um, Rosemont, read for us. Verse 12. Genesis 26, verse 12 to 13. Yes. Uh, verse 12 to 13. Then mm-hmm. Isaac planted seed in that land as a farmer and reaped in the same year a hundred times as much as he had planted, and the Lord blessed and favored him. And the man Isaac became great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and extremely distinguished. Thank you. The New King James says, and Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Then the man Isaac began to prosper and continue prospering until he became very prosperous. The man Isaac began to prosper. Why? Because he dwelt in the land. Continue to prosper. A few 
Verses before we saw that the man was in famine. Life was tough. Life was difficult. And, and, and the man Isaac prospered. And continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. Ladies and gentlemen, yesterday, I mean, we had a fundraising. And I want to take this opportunity to appreciate all the people that gave to us our fundraising to support the work that God willing we're going to be doing next year in the nation of Kenya. And if you, for one reason or the other, you were not part of it, the, 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 the platform is still open. You can support the work, whether you are from Afghanistan or Brazil, Congo or India, wherever it is you are from, from Kenya, or you live in Washington, D.C., or from England, wherever you are, you are also welcome to support the work that is will be going on. We need finances to push things, and we are asking you, as God will lead you, to support a great where people gave massively to the glory of God. People gave thousands of dollars, hundreds, whichever amount that the Lord will lead upon, place upon your heart. You are willing to sow into the work. And uh, we appreciate all those that gave and we want to say, God bless you. I mean, many people, some people that let me make I'm, I'm, give this testimony. There are times that life was so difficult for some people. Things were so tough. But they stayed glued to the word. They stayed glued to the altar. And you see all through scripture. Like Isaac, things were difficult for him. There was famine. But he stayed and remain faithful and committed to the land. And God said, stay, and I'm going to bless you. And guess what? God bless him. The Bible says, and God made the man Isaac prosper. And he continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. Now, I'm going to go to the next point for the sake of time. Another thing that brings generational blessing upon you is the choices you make. Somebody say choices. 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 There are certain choices that we make and certain actions we take that actually brings a curse upon us. And there are certain choices and certain decisions we make that also attract blessings upon us. Even if you are born into a cursed family, there are choices you can make and decisions you can make that can bring you out of that curse and make you a blessing. Did you hear what I said? Even if your family is as poor, broke, struggling, and that the strongest demonic oppression whatsoever, there is a way you can make certain decisions as it pertains to your life and your family that can break you out of those cases. And there are some choices and decisions and actions you can take, like some of the things I'm talking about right now, that can bring you to also a place of generational blessing. When we read Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 to 20, 
Joshua said, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse, and therefore choose that both you and your descendants may live. In other words, the choice you make is going to affect you and your descendants. Oh my God, can I say this? Let me remove my jacket because I'm going to be saying some serious things right here. That is going to shake some tables. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Can I tell you something? You see, we are living in a world of social media. Let me tell you. And let me tell you something. Look into my eyes right here. Those of you that are, if you really want to do something great for yourself, look into my eyes right now. Look into my eyes. God may forgive you for certain decisions you make. God will or not may. He will definitely forgive you. I shouldn't even say me. God will definitely forgive you because he's a loving father. But can I tell you what? There are certain choices you make that if you are not careful, the world may never forgive you. That those choices and those decisions and those actions you take, it will live after you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is a loving father. We make mistakes all the time. He forgives us. But there are certain choices and certain decisions and certain actions we take that humanity may not forgive you. People may not forgive you. So you must be very, very careful the decisions you take because decisions you take now may not just affect you, it will affect your life. I mean, I saw an internet, um, a certain meme on um, um, the other day, and I was sharing it with a friend of mine. Now, a certain guy, I mean, in 2000, and I think one of, I mean, about five years or so ago, six years ago, went to a certain bank in Kenya. So they, I think they, they treated him badly, and they, he wrote on their Facebook page, or commented there, this whatever bank is the most is the is the worst bank ever in the nation. And five years later, this same guy sees what comes to this same bank to look for a job. Five years later, and guess what? The HR was so intelligent and smart. He he put the same comments that he said. Ah, uh -uh, guy, are you this person? He says yes. Are you, do you remember five years ago you commented that this bank is the worst bank ever? He was there. Didn't know what to say. They put and did this, gave him a screenshot of a comment he posted on the bank's page five years ago and told him, you told us that our bank is the worst bank ever. Now you want a job. Who will give you a job after that kind of a situation? Nobody. There are certain things and certain actions you take that the world may forgive you, that God may forgive you, but the world may not. And in these days of social media, if you are not careful, your children's children, even your grandchildren will come and read some of the things you did on, online when you were alive. Are you getting me? You can Google something that happened in 1990 something, 2000 and something. You can Google it and it will still pop up. So you've got to understand that the world may not forgive you, and the internet does not forget. 
Whatever you do now, some of the decisions you take now can have a negative repercussion on your children, children. And some of the things you do now can have a positive repercussions on your children, children. So it is not just spiritual things that brings curses or blessings upon us. Even our own actions, the actions that we take now has got effect on the life of people. Let me give you a story. Some years ago, when I checked in in the in the UK, I mean, I was I was a student many years ago, about ten years ago. I was I was uh, I was doing my master's degree in the UK, and uh, life was a bit rough here and there. And uh, I happened to have met a man, and then we were just talking about general things and. Just talking and talking and talking about, I mean, he's a Ghanaian, but who, who had lived in the UK for many years. And in our conversation, I happened to be having to talk about Ghana or where we come from. And I happened to have mentioned, oh, that my, 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 I'm, a, I'm a pastor's son. Oh, so he's a pastor. I mentioned my father's name. He says, oh, wow, that man is your father. I said, yes. He says, are you sure? I said, yes. He says, where is he now? I said, oh, now he's late. Whatever, whatever. One thing led to another, one thing led to another. Guess what? The man told me some many years ago, my father helped him to travel when life was so difficult for him. And he told me, in case I need any guidance, any help, he will be willing to offer me without struggle. Now, the man helped me, assisted me in a few things, and I was able to find my feet and do certain things. Guess what? He helped me. He was a stranger I had met. We were just talking, and he was willing to help me because of some assistance my late dad did for him. That is not an action I did. It's an action Somebody did that is now working in my favor. Why? Because of the same thing. Decisions and actions somebody took is having a positive effect on my life. Likewise, that is what it is. That decisions and actions you will take today can either release a blessing over you and over your children, children, or activate something else over your children. Children, I pray God will bring you to the place of understanding that generational blessings are released also not just based on our, 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 our prayers and our sacrifices and all that. And it also comes as a result of the actions you take. Be very careful some of the things you take. You may not care now, but generations after you may care later. Be calculated. I mean, calculative in, in the actions you take, in the risk you take, in some of the selfish decisions you make. Why? Because generations after you may have to suffer for your own mistakes. Hear this. Joshua said, 
I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life so that you and your descendants choose. Make a choice that will make you and your descendants live. Make a choice that will make you and your descendants, I mean, progress, excel, do well. Your choice today can affect people after you. So you've got to know that. You've got to be very careful. There is something you can do now that you can pass it on to your children, to your children, children, and the the list is endless. I pray that you will have that revelation to understand that life is not just about you. It's about your children, children. That we will not just live for ourselves, me, myself, and I. Get all I can, can all I get, and sit on the can. That selfish mentality. Some people, they get all they can, they can all they get, and they sit on the can so that nobody else enjoys. May God bring us to a place of understanding and revelation and make quality decisions and choices that will move your life forward, that will cause you to advance, that will cause you to move forward. And not just you, that your children, children will wake up and say, glory be to God, I I had a mother like this. I had had an auntie that was called Elizabeth that was doing great things for God. I had an auntie that was called Winifred that stood for the things of God. I pray that God will bring you to that level in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The last point, another thing that activates generational blessing upon you, last but one possibly, is uh, service to God. Service to God activates generational blessing. Service to God. I need to finish all the points so that we don't get back to this. Again, we will pick it up another time. Service to God. Service to God. What do I mean by service to God? The things you do for the kingdom. Like what we are doing, we did yesterday. People giving beyond their ability to support the kingdom. People giving beyond themselves to support the things of God. People giving beyond themselves. Let me say this. Let me, let me, there's something that God laid on my heart. Let me talk to mothers. Everybody open your eyes and look at me. Look at me. If you are seated with somebody, especially those of you in Zoom, if the person is dozing off, pinch them. That is which is from. These are witches from Kisi following after such people. Witches want them to sleep. If somebody is dozing off, and that this anointing, if you can doze off, I don't know what is following you. Hear me. Hear me. There are some things, eh? Let me stay, let me take me take you back a little. There are some things you should not do just because of the for the sake of the generation after you. There are some things you don't have to do just because of the generation after you. Okay? I always tell you, let me tell you, some of you, you yourself destroyed your children. It's not the devil. It's not the witch. It's not anybody. You, some of the habits that your children picked, you taught them. They copied from you. They learned from you. 
If you are a man and you are watching me right now, you are a father and you are watching me right now and you have a teenager in your house and the child sees you drinking all the time. I mean, you've got all sorts of drinks in your fridge, like your fridge looks like a bar. All right? The child opens the fridge, he picks water. Afternoon, when you are not there, that drink that you, he sees you drink, he will pick some and drink. And if you are not careful, and the child is not responsible to manage that drinking, it ends up trickling down into the child becoming an alcoholic. You as a mature person, maybe you are able to manage what you are doing. But now, guess what? They can't. So they pick this drinking habit from you because there is so much alcohol. They see it in the house. You drink, they drink. You drink, they drink. You smoke, they smoke. So when later on you realize that their lives have been destroyed and you are now trying to tame them, it, they become untamable because you taught them that it is okay to drink. You taught them it is okay to smoke. You taught them, you did not tell them to do it, but they watched you do it as a father. They watched you do it as a mother. So now they have been picked it and they didn't control it and now it is out of control and they are always drinking, they are always drunk, they are always smoking. Why? Because they saw you do it. I'm not saying it's all the time. I mean, every child that drinks because they saw their parents do it, that's not what I mean. But most of you, that is the problem. And like I always say, there are some things if you would even want to do, if you, there are some things you don't have to do it in the sight of your children. Please, at least, at least, at least, we don't need to pretend. At least pretend. At least. You see, you need to portray a model that the model father you want your child to be, even if you are not, portray it to that father, to that child, to that, portray that model mother. You leave your children to do things the way they want it and how things, and things go bad and now you are, you are, See, otherwise, eh, if you don't put certain structures in place now, your old age will always be praying. Father, deliver my son. Father, deliver my daughter. Father, deliver my... Meanwhile, you had the right and the time to raise them and push them to pick up certain godly traits of prayer, of going to church, of committing to the things of God, of connecting to the things of God so that they can grow. Otherwise, as a mother, maybe today you may not see it, or as a father, you become, you would always be going to prayer mountain. In your old age, you should be enjoying life. You'll be going to prayer mountain. Because, I mean, you as a mother, the child sees you bringing boys to the house. I mean, your daughter sees you bringing men. Today is John, the next day is James, the next day is, um, 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 I mean, I mean, Jerry. Then you are always changing men. The child sees you do that. Your choices and your decisions are creating a generational what? Yes, how? Because you have done it. Your child will do it. Your child grew seeing the mother do it. So the child grows up, do the same. Your child's um, 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 daughter also picks the same thing and on and on and on and on and on and on. So you need to be very careful. There are some things, there are decisions and actions we take that bring a blessing. Workers upon you and upon your family. There are some things you don't need to do just for the sake of the children. 
like I told you, I'm just saying it. I will say it because of, uh, I mean, it may encourage someone. In my kids' school, there was a survey in their school. And they were asking about what, how are things at home on for parents? And they were asking, how is mom and dad, how do they argue? Are they, are they fighting? All my kids, they are in different classes. All of them say they have never seen their mother and father fight. People were shocked. The teachers were shocked. How? How do you people do it? That in their school, they said they have never. How come? Fighting. Shouting. No, it, to them is weird. It has never happened. It's not that we agree all the time. We may disagree, but we cannot be making a change in ways before because of being in front of children. Because what kind of a model will we be portraying to them? You understand? The teachers were shocked that all the three kids are saying the same thing in their home. There is nothing like that. Making noise. No. Why? Because you need to set a standard, at least even if you are not in the best of mood, not because not in front of them. There are some things for the sake of their upbringing so that they see a model father, they see a model mother. Are you hearing me? So you need to do that. I'm not saying that um, all children that drink is because they saw their parents drink. No, but the point I'm trying to say is that even if your children pick certain habits from outside, learn how to model, give them, set a role model, teach them. Let me tell you, psychologists say, hold it, everybody hear me? Psychologists say that children that grow seeing their parents' graduation picture on the wall automatically stirs up something in them to, to, to also go through the same level, graduate, to go to school. Children that grow seeing their parents' graduation picture on the family wall, as they grow, they saw that their father graduated from a certain institution. They grow with that kind of a mindset that they also need to graduate. Because you don't need to tell them to go to school just because of what they have seen. They see it, 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 it stirs up something in them to also want to get there. The greatest influence they pick is what you as a father, you teach them and what you as a mother, you teach them. So don't start, start a generational blessing, start to shift something in them that will transform them and transform the generation ahead. Let's go to the next point. Are you learning something? Are you learning something? The way you people are quiet, I know this is not some of the things you want to hear. Don't worry. I'll be saying this more often. Yes, hear me. Let's go on. The next thing that I said, release generational blessing is service, service to God and uh, to God's servants. Rendering service to God. Second Samuel chapter seven, verse one. Second Samuel chapter seven, verse one. Read for me. Second Samuel chapter seven. Second Samuel seven, verse one. When King David lived in his house, palace, the Lord had given him rest from all his surroundings. The king said to Nathan, the prophet, see now, I dwell in the house of Sedar. But the ark of God, 
but the ark of God dwells within tent curtains. And Nathan said to the king, go do everything that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. Um, verses four. But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan saying, go and tell my servant David, thou says the Lord, should you be the one to build me a house in which to dwell? For I have dwelt in a house since the day I brought the sons, descendants of Israel up from Egypt, even to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent, even in a tabernacle. Wherever I have gone with all the Israelites, did I speak a word to any from the tribes of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people, Israel, asking, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Verses eight. So now say this to my servant David, thou says a lot of hosts. I took you from the pasture, from following the ship to be ruler over my people Israel. I've been with you wherever you have gone and I've cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make you a great name like that of the great men of the earth. I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may live in a place of their own and not be disturbed again. The wicked will not afflict them again as formerly, even from the day that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also declares to you that he will make a house, a royal dynasty for you. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down in death with your fathers or ancestors, I'll raise up your descendants after you, who shall be born to you and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who shall build a house for my name and my presence. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. When he commits iniquity, wrongdoing, I will discipline him with the rod of men and with the strokes of the sons of man. But my loving kindness and mercy will not depart from him. As I took it from Saul, whom I remove from before you. Your house, royal dynasty, and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Thank your you. Hold on for me. Forever. Hold on for me. Now, that is a profound scripture. Profound decree. Why? Because a man chose to build a house for God. The guy said, I live in a house of a palace of cedar, but God dwells in tents. This was David. He, he felt like he's living in a good house, but God is dwelling in tents. And David said, I want to do something for God. I want to build for the Lord. And, 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 and guess what? When, when he made that confession, something stirred up heaven. God, it moved God. He says, but, but, but you see, and Nathan said to the king, go and do that what is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. He wanted to build a house for God. But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to David said, no, why is the Lord in tents? In those days, they, they, they were dwelling in tents. That was where the tabernacle was, in the tabernacle. And David said, I want to build for God. My house is in wood proper structures. I want to do something for God. His act, you hear me? He didn't build it, 
But the fact that he was willing to do that, he put all the materials that was needed to be in place to do it. The fact that he was just willing, God says, uh-uh, see this guy. See what I am going to do for him. Hear what God said. That night, Nathan, God spoke to Nathan and told Nathan, don't go and tell David that he will not be the one to build the house. He says, he says, now, um, um, God said to David, when you die, he says, when I will choose from Genesis, but I will, but I will go say today, verse 10 and verse 11, when I choose judges for my people, Israel, but I will choose you, I will give you peace from all your enemies, and I will tell you that I will make your descendants kings of Israel after you. God said, because of the fact that you chose to build me a house. Saul did not think about that. But you, David, you have chosen to build me a house. This is what I'm going to do for you. I will forever choose your descendants to sit on this throne. My God. May, may, may your hearts for God. May God bless you. May God forever make your descendants see you. May God forever make your descendants, I mean, pastors. May God forever bring medical doctors, lawyers, engineers from your descendants. May God forever cause great men, great politicians to come out of your descendants because of your heart for the things of God. David attracted his entire generation to be kings because the guy was ready to build for God. What a, what a man. What a man. What a man. What are you willing to do for God? We are telling you to help build the house of God. You feel like, ah, these people, they want our money. Which money? I always say people that complain about giving in the house of God, they don't have it. Which money? Hey, the man of God wants our money to buy a car. Which money? <laughs> Which one? It can't. It is an opportunity. When, when God gives you an opportunity to bless his work, to stand with his work, it is the greatest thing. You see, people pay big school fees for their children and they end up as junkies. Expensive money for their children and the children end up nothing. Why? Because we are interested as human beings in building treasures on the earth, not thinking of building treasures eternally in heaven. Spiritual treasures that can speak for you, that can speak for that daughter of yours so that she does not end up becoming a teenage and bring home a teenage pregnancy. It's not about the school. It's about how much spiritual investment you have made in the kingdom for those children. And I pray in the name of Jesus. That God will bring you to a place of understanding. Like David, you'll be willing to do something for God that will cause a shift in your life. A shift in your family. And a shift in your household. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So David, he says, I will, verse 12, verse 11. He says, I will, I, I will also tell tell you that I will make your descendants kings of Israel after you. Verse 12 says, when you die and join your descendants, I will make one of your sons the next king and I will set him up the kingdom. I will, And he will build a house for me. Now, verse 14 is what I like so much. Hear what God said about a man. About a man, verse 14. Let me read from the Amplified. Verse 14, he says, 
I will be his father, your son now. God says, I'll, I'll be with your son. I'll be with your son. I'll be his father and he shall be my son. When your son commits sin, oh my God, God, and let us, let this be our portion in the name of Jesus. He says, when your son commits iniquity, wrongdoing, I will discipline him with the rod of men and with the strokes of the sons of man. But my loving kindness and my mercies will never depart from him. You see, that your son one day may make a mistake. And because of what the father did, God says, because of what Fred did, his children will forever have my loving kindness. You know, mercy. Mercy is exemption from judgment. That those children may, should have been judged. Something was supposed to happen to them, but by mercy, by virtue of mercy, that was that, that came because of what your father did, God he speaks for them. And the children are preserved. We tap into this blessing. I don't know about you, but I tap into it for my children, for my spiritual sons and spiritual children, for my biological children. In the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. We tap into it. Into it. That, that your children will misbehave. But God says, because of the Father, mercy will speak for them. Ay, ay, ay. Mercy will speak for them. My loving kindness will be upon them because of the Father. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the realm where you can attract a blessing that will transcend beyond your children. My service. What are you willing to do for God? Life is not just about you. It's not about building houses for yourself, building mansions. It's about doing something for the kingdom. Your life is a test to see what will happen out there for you. I pray that God bring you to that revelation. Say, by my loving kindness, I, 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 I will not depart from him. As, so as I took it from Saul, for so he took his loving kindness and mercy from him, but says, for, for your children, I will not remove you from them. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me, and your throne will be established forever. What a scripture. What a blessing. What a decree over a man, because the man was willing to build a house for the kingdom. David was the man that he, who could say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. The guy, just the mere fact that he was supposed to go into the house of the Lord, he was glad. How much more when he enters? He, there is a joy that David had when he comes into the things of God. Now, this was after he had done all those nonsense. He had took somebody's wife. He has killed the person. This was after all that. And God is still pronouncing these blessings upon him. Do you know why? His heart was right before God. His heart was still after God. His heart was still to see how God's work will advance, how God's, the thing of God, the things of God will move forward. That was a man that we are talking about. And that is how sometimes some of you judge wrongly. You criticize wrongly. And you think that some people, are, 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 like I said to you this week, Somebody, a very great man, did something that to me, it moved me. It moved me 100%. Mo I mean, great, 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 with all the greatness you can think of. Because me, man of God, please, can you come? I said, uh, boss is late. He says, please. Tomorrow, I said, yes. I go, he says, I'm doing A, B, C, and he just pray for me. 
And I look at the person that says they need prayer. There are some people you look at them, is that like, now you, you have arrived, you are there. Now, what, what prayer, what prayer, what else do you need? Says, pray for me. And I realize that this is a man who has God inside. He has God inside his heart for sure. And that is the realm that we need to get to where God can see your heart and say that I am this one. They love God. They love me and they are ready to support and advance my work. When David's son Solomon sinned, oh my God, my time is up. Um, David's son, when Solomon sinned, in 1 Kings chapter 11, the Lord said, I would have taken the kingdom away from you, but because of your father, David, I will not take it away from you. I think I love, I love this teaching. I need to repeat it sometime. Because of your father, because of your father, David, I will not take this thing away from you. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. May your actions and your services to God speak for your children's children. The last point, let me close. On the last point, let me close on the last point. You are making a prayer. You are declaring that may the Lord preserve your children. May the Lord protect your household. May the Lord deliver them from all evil in the mighty name of Jesus. That your entire household is covered. Come on, lift up your voice. 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 Kala bada bada baha. in the mighty name of Jesus, we declare our household is preserved. In the mighty name of the Lord, we command a cover, a preservation, a protection over our children, over our household. In the mighty name of the Lord, those even that don't have children, we declare that your unborn children, the Lord shall cover them. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God.